Welcome to Cracked Teacups, the podcast where we talk about building a life that you actually want to live after trauma, grief, recovery, or just plain finding yourself in a place that doesn't make you happy and where you want change. This episode includes the um, the, the tender interview that we that I spoke about in episode one. Uh, kind of set this up. I was on Tinder wanting to speak to other humans, um, having moved to a really small town in the middle of Oklahoma, uh, where I don't think there are very many people who actually live here. I'm sure there are, but they're hard to meet. Uh, and especially when you're really busy working a day job and working on podcasts in your off time. I was on Tinder just you know, browsing one afternoon, and I met this gentleman called Bob. We spoke for a little bit. Um, and his his story matched um, similar stories that I had been keeping an eye out for for a podcast I was working for a friend um, at the time. And um, the gentleman, we'll call him Bob, because that's how he wishes to be identified. He agreed to give me the interview uh, for the podcast and tell his wonderful story if I would have a drink with him afterwards. So uh, I agreed. We set it up, and within a few hours, we met at a huddle house in Elk City, Oklahoma, uh, which is the next town over from where I'm currently living, and where he was passing through on his way to relocate to a city out west. So he was only in town for that night, and we sat down, and we had an amazing interview and a wonderful conversation for a couple hours afterward. The content of this podcast is the interview itself. Bob's story is 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 incredible in that um, he is a widower of two years, as we will talk about in the in in the interview, and it applies here to to crack teacups because he he is entering the dating scene after you know two years after his wife passed away, and our conversation talked about what that experience was, what his relationship was like and kind of his expectations and the changes that he's making to move forward in dating as a widower. Um, And he has some really insightful uh, things to say and stories that um, are well worth hearing. And I'm very happy to be able to bring those to people who might be helped by his story. So without much further ado, here is the episode with Bob from Tinder. I will be quiet now and let this play. Our guest tonight, Bob, has graciously uh, you know, agreed to um, come have a conversation with me about romance and um, you know his experiences. Uh, Bob is a widower of two years. Two years. And he is has recently begun um, you know, re-entered the dating scene. So we're going to talk to him about his experiences a little bit. Um, so Bob, today we met on Tinder. We had a little chat, and I suggested that you know we do this interview. One of the things that uh, kind of drew me to your profile was that you know I was looking for a local Oklahoma people, and you're very different from local Oklahoma people. Um, but one of the things that drew me to your profile was uh, the small video of you ballroom dancing. Yeah. Is that something that you like to do with your late wife? That's a hard question because she had asked me to do it 
a number of times before she passed and we never did it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was trying to figure out how to make meaning out of the chaos that I've been going through. And um, I thought back about a few of the conversations and I said, you know, this is something I probably should go do. And uh, now it's turned into a passion. Well, that's great that, you know, that it became a passion from something. Yeah, I wish I wish it would have been with her, but mm -hmm. uh, now it's for her. How did you meet you and your wife? Oh my God, uh, we met in 1991 down in Orlando uh, when I was just going into the military. And uh, within six weeks we were engaged and within nine and a half weeks we were married. That was very it was fast. Just, it was, well, when it's right, it's right. So well, it was 30 years. How did you sweep her off her feet? That's a, I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, I was just always myself. Um, I didn't pretend to be anybody. I wasn't out chasing anybody. I wasn't even looking to meet anybody. And uh, just happenstance we met. And uh, within 24 hours, we were just, we became attached. And uh, we have very, very different interests. Uh, we grew up very differently. Um, maybe that gave us a lot to talk about. I, I don't know exactly what swept her off her feet, but uh, she swept me just as fast. Mm -hmm. So when you um, had been married a while, what were some of the ways that you kept connected conversation-wise? What was your flow, in other words? Um, we never fought. Um, we, we'd have an issue, we'd, we'd talk, and you just... You, we just talk and yeah, every once in a while you know it'd get a little bit uh, a little feisty but not uh, there was really no arguments that I can remember in 30 years uh, but there was a lot of talking so we uh, when we had the money we would go on vacations when we sat down we would plan futures um, we just always talked about the things that we want to do and then we worked diligently to try to make those happen. Um, we were fairly successful. Mm -hmm. um, when you didn't see eye to eye on things, how would you communicate that? That's another good one. Um, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, for the most part, for 99% of time, we saw eye to eye on everything because we planned everything out. But there were there were obviously the times that um, we wouldn't agree on something and either I would give or she would give. And we'd just compromise, we'd do something in the middle or we wouldn't do whatever it was that was causing the, the, the trouble. Um, but rarely would we you know, argue about you know, you're right or I'm right or you're wrong or I'm wrong. We wouldn't, we wouldn't go down that road. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, because we tried to, uh, you know, keep a good set of plans six months out or so, it was easy to change a lot of stuff. Um, and she went through a lot of illnesses. Um, so that 
I think, contributed to the fact that we didn't fight. It wasn't worth fighting about. Um, when, uh, when you walk into the emergency room and they say, hey, you need to go check your wife into the ICU, it gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, and that was very early on in our marriage, um, it changes the way you think, the way you act. Um, there's nothing I wouldn't give her or do for her. And she would allow me to do it. Mm -hmm. So it, it led to a scenario where we just never had a lot to fight about. How did you communicate I love you? With words and actions. Mm -hmm. um, every morning, I would always say I love you when I get up in the morning. I would always um, say I love you whenever we had a phone call. I would always say I love you the last thing I said at night. Um, and then actions wise, um, holding hands, touching, um, just, it was just very, very physical, mm -hmm. um, very hands-on relationship. Um, you know, some people have the whole public display of affection phobia and we didn't have that problem, so it was, it was a very, very loving relationship. What is one of the what is one of the favorite conversations that you remember? So many. You can share as many as you want. <laughs> I'm going through a lot of emotion right now. Take your time. Um, I know that's 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 a hard to say. What is the most favorite? Because I have a weird memory. I don't forget things. I have a, it's near photographic, and I remember every almost every conversation we've ever had, and that's been very difficult. Um, probably the favorite, uh, we, we lived in Hawaii for six years. Uh, I was in the Navy. And um, that's when we started going to a lot of concerts. And she would, you know, get super excited about, you know, the Eagles are coming, or um, uh, Michael Jackson was coming or Janet Jackson. I mean, we were, we were right down the road from the Coliseum, so we went to a lot of concerts. And you could you could see in her eyes when she would get excited about something. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it's not really a specific conversation, but the types of conversations that I remember. Um, so you said yeah. that there was something unusual about your relationship that you wanted to share. Well, she, she always had um, an illness. Um, it, uh, one, of the, one of the cures that she went through for her illness was a bone marrow transplant. Um, and that was back in 2007. And then in 20, I don't know what year are we at? In, in late 2019, uh, she started really struggling with memory and in uh, you know early the next year, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. So then, uh, I basically took 
two years off work to to be with her to the last day. Mm -hmm. So the conversations got very strange because there were times she wouldn't recognize me. She would think I was someone else. Um, she was born in Columbia, South America, mm -hmm. and uh, her brother was born in South America. He also had a goatee like me. So as her memory was was regressing or changing, uh, sometimes she would recognize him and she would speak Spanish to me. I don't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. But uh, it took me a while to figure <laughs> out who she was talking to, right? If she's yeah. speaking Spanish, she's talking to her brother. If she's speaking English, she's talking to me. Um, you know, and there was, a, there was a day where I had a friend over helping me out because um, the, the days got pretty rough. Mm -hmm. And um, she was she was speaking Spanish to me, and you know, just in you know, being mad at me. But I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not me at this point. I'm I'm the brother. Mm -hmm. And um, a, a friend of mine uh, was there just trying to help calm her down. I'm like, hey, hold on a second, keep her occupied for a minute. And I ran upstairs, and I changed clothes, and I came back downstairs, and instantly she looked at me. And she says, oh, well, there you are. I've been waiting for you all day. Um, so even um, even though she was still sick, there's still amazing memories. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know how time it is. We can take a minute if you want. So I think, you know, at, at this point, one of the things that you're doing is you're thinking about moving into into dating. And this is something that we do talk to some people about. Um, is moving into dating after, you know, as a widower or as a widow is a little different than uh, just people who have gone through divorce or have remained single. Um, and so when you're ready, tell us what you're, what you're, what's going through your mind as you're starting to date again, what you're looking for. Oh, that's been the most overwhelming thing to even think about because I know that um, I'm wired to not be alone, but yet, how do you, how do you move back into it, right? I'm 56 years old, mm -hmm. and you know, when, when she passed, I was almost 55, I actually just turned 55, and I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm over the hump already, you know, how am I going to go and find somebody and meet somebody, and in today's environment, um, I hate to say it, but it's tender. Yes. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tinder wasn't there when we met, and yep. yet we met. Yep. So why do you have to use some electronic dating app where you have to swipe left or right based on your first impression? Now, I don't think that's the only way. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, that's the kind of the way of the world. Um, so I'm, I'm using it hesitantly. Um, I think that there are other ways that... Uh, a good, solid, long-term relationship can be started up. I just am kind of stuck with the tools available at this point. Mm -hmm. How long have you been on Tinder? I might go on for like two weeks and get disgusted with it and <laughs> delete it. And then, you know, a couple months later, give it another two weeks and get disgusted with it and turn it back off. Uh, so off and on for, I don't know, maybe a year-ish. Um, altogether, probably about four weeks worth. I mean, I just, it's, it's just a depressing thing to go through. Um, I'm not saying that the app itself is bad. I think it probably works well for certain people, 
um, but it's a uh, it's a different way to look at life. Mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at it through uh, what one to six pictures, and you're making a life decision in seconds. You know, <laughs> I just think there's got to be a better way. Um, so yeah, so so that's where I'm at. Um, and now I'm, I'm actually moving cross country. I'm going to take care of my mom whose um, health is not the greatest either. So while I didn't want to have to go through this again so soon, it kind of appears that I may have to go through this again. So, mm -hmm. uh, But I, I'll, I'll do it, it's my mom, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I noticed you're pretty smooth on there because when I asked you about this interview, you agreed to do it if I went for a drink with you afterwards. So, what's your favorite way to open up a conversation? Once you've matched with somebody... Oh, God, I've had four conversations on Tinder. <laughs> well, um, one was very good, so <laughs> got my attention. All right, well, then, all right. So, I get, I'm getting something right. It only took me a year to figure this out. <laughs> um, I mean, I just try to be myself you know here's a little bit of a different circumstance right I'm driving across country I'm in the middle of where are we at Oklahoma we are in Elk City Oklahoma Oklahoma I, I forgot to put that at the very beginning of the interview we are at the Huddle House in Elk City Oklahoma I'm in Oklahoma of all places um, but I'm here for one night so you know go big or go home yes so that kind of went through my mind I said okay I'll come do the interview let's go get a drink and this is I a great probably experience. need a drink, so there you go. <laughs> and now here I am on a podcast. Never done that either. <laughs> so you didn't think you were going to do that when you woke up this morning? I did not think in a million years that I would do a podcast or ever do a podcast. So have you been out in public since you've decided to date and approached anybody? I have dated a little bit. Um, I dated one person that... And it was probably, it was shortly after my wife passed. I was in the panic phase and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm never gonna meet anybody. And I latched onto the first person that showed me any attention. Obviously that was a bad decision on my part. Um, sweet person, but we were not really right for each other. Mm -hmm. so, so we've obviously broken up. Um, I, have, I have a very good friend, very dear friend that I've known for about 20 years, and she was one of my wife's uh, very good friends as well. And uh, she's gone through a divorce. I'm single now, and we just kind of organically got back together because we've always, always stayed friends. And uh, we just decided, hey, let's go to dinner. And that has worked out better than anything on Tinder ever has. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's still I think there's still a chance in, in the world for uh, meeting people the right way instead of having to do an app. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not negative against Tinder. I'm really not. I just, I'm negative against me having to use it. Yes, I understand. Uh, it's very difficult to meet people organically now because... Uh, and COVID didn't help. COVID didn't help. We've all become very is isolated. We've forgotten how to go out and just have candid conversations with people in public yep. for no real reason. And so it becomes much more of an effort to go out and just talk to someone. Um, you know, I've finished out my divorce. I haven't really actively started a lot of dating since. Um, 
I have poked around and had some conversations on the on some of the apps, but um, did see a person for three weeks before I left Mississippi and moved here to Oklahoma. But I haven't done a lot of it, and and that's part of the struggle is um, meeting people. You either have to do the dating app, kind of know how to do it well, and get lucky with who you meet on the app at any given time. Um, or you have to be really good at conversation and walk up to someone in public and, and you know, catch their attention in a way that they will want to stop and talk to you. <laughs> and that's, that's difficult. Um, that is very difficult. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done that, where I would just approach somebody on the street and say, hey, I like your shoes or whatever. I mean, I, don't, I would not do it. Uh, it's, you know, I've, I've been out of that scene for way too long. Um, one of the things that uh, okay. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, that I enjoy doing and, and you mentioned it earlier is ballroom dancing mm -hmm. and uh, I've met um, a lot of interesting people through that um, and now unfortunately I've, I've left before I've gone out and done a lot of public dancing um, uh, but it's 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 a neat and interesting way to meet people outside of the norm, I think. Mm -hmm. um, because you you get to dance with a lot of people that you've never danced with before. And dancing is a very intimate thing. Um, I don't do it to be intimate, but it just develops. Um, it's a form of nonverbal communication. Very much so. Um, you know, within, you know, especially if you're in, in a, because I, I do the, the Arthur Miller Dance Studio, so it's an organized, um, dance class mm -hmm. so you never know that at any moment you could be dancing with anybody um, for, for example uh, this probably isn't what you're looking for here but uh, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> um, I did a master class on waltz mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago and you never know you never know who's gonna show up so we had we had one of the best dance instructors in the entire Arthur Murray system come in and teach a one-night class and there was about maybe 20 or 25 of us dancing. And um, everybody from, there were, there were married couples there, there were single men, single women. Um, there was one, his name was Max, but he had a very nice dress on. <laughs> so you never know who, who you're gonna dance with or what's gonna happen. So um, that's, that's not my thing, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, in, in a dance class, there's all kinds of open possibilities. So mm -hmm. that was one of the things that uh, I've, I've learned about it and I've actually begun to enjoy, the fact that you get to talk to a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. They have parties there you know, about once a month, um, a lot of very good things. And by the way, if anybody goes out and signs up for Arthur Merrill, I guess I'm gonna have to get royalties. <laughs> well, so. let's see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been very fun. Um, I wish I would have done this many, many years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. This is something my wife always wanted to do, and unfortunately, I denied it because I said, you know, there's not enough alcohol in the in, in the bottle to get me on a dance floor. <laughs> it turns out there is, and mm -hmm. you don't need alcohol. I'm just having a blast now. Have you done it in public yet, or yes. just in the dance class? Very much so. Yeah. How, how did that go? What it was? What was uh, it like? It was awesome. Um, I was down in Florida, and uh, I was down there. My realtor was down there, and he invited me down for a boat ride, and he had some friends, and uh, they went off to a bar that night, and uh, I got invited to go join them. And one of them uh, said to me that she had been doing ballroom dance for years and years and years. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And there was a band 
And she was out on the dance floor, had her back turned to me, just kind of waving her arms around. And I grabbed her hand and spun her around and we immediately started dancing club swing. And we cleared the floor. Nice. Because we, <laughs> we fell in sync with the feet. We we had all the moves down and it was it was an amazing thing. I mean we literally cleared the dance floor and everybody just stood back and watched and like, wow, what's going on here? So yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, I've danced uh, uh, I danced at the, I went to an Elton John concert and one of the songs I danced to was called Heart mm -hmm. and uh, I was at the, I was up in Charlotte and we were up in, in one of the suites and we had the whole back of the suite and we just started dancing and uh, you know everybody just stopped watching the concert and turned around. So yeah, dancing is, um, it, it's, it's entertaining for yourself and it's entertaining for other people but it really builds a connection with whoever you're dancing with. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use it for date night. It's it's a fun thing. It's a great date night. It is a great date night. You go, you do a single private lesson or whatever, and uh, they learn something. Then you get to go practice. Mm -hmm. So it's it's been uh, it's been a pretty much my I don't want to say approach, but it's kind of my go-to now. As far as I like to use dance to break the ice, I use dance to show that I'm not just a uh, another guy who can't dance and. Uh, and I've learned it well enough that I'm beginning to teach. So I have, I have a good time with it. Mm -hmm. So I, I have one final question. What advice would you give other widowers and widows who are coming back to the dating scene after you know, losing a spouse? Uh, find yourself first. Mm -hmm. um, don't make the same mistake I did and jump too early when you're not ready. Um, because if you take the time to put your marriage in the right place, then you can go on and respect that person and still feel okay about moving on. If um, I moved a little too fast and then I never felt right, um, I never felt like I could make a good connection because I was always fighting with the memory of my wife mm -hmm. and it's taken about two years to kind of um, to tell me it's okay yeah to begin to move on um, and I'm and I'm and I, and I go back and forth so I'm, I'm I'm feeling okay but am I really ready that's that's pretty questionable um, mm -hmm. I think with time absolutely I will be um, and then in the meantime, find, um, find a connection to your past that you can bring into your future. Um, mm -hmm. I'm doing that with dance. So Great idea. That's, that's kind of how I'm going about it. Well, thank you, Bob, very much for this interview. It has been such an interesting conversation. And that concludes the interview uh, with Bob from Tinder, for lack of uh, any other identification. I hope that you found some really insightful things from him. He has a great story. He's a great person. Um, it was serendipitous that we met and that we were able to sit down and, and have the conversations that we did. And I look forward to having more conversations with him in the future. Um, but I hope that he gave you something to take away from um, in your own journey. So thank you so much for listening. This is Christy Bradley for the Crack Teacups podcast. Have a great day.